1: Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. Uh, and today it's um, it's just me and Kurt. Uh, today, uh, we're, hey, we're, hey, how you doing, Kurt? I'm doing good. Are, Sorry are you, for cutting you off. <laughs> no, 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 it's all it's all good. Uh, I, I I got surprised by yeah. It's all good. Um, uh, you know what else I'm surprised by? Because this is uh, folks. This is going to be our Nebulas accountability. Uh, episode so we're gonna revisit um, sort of like the the short fiction that we had read pre- previously and we're gonna dip into the novelettes as well uh, sadly we did not have enough time to get any further we're not reading anything further on the in the ballot uh, we may have some other comments uh, about that uh, later on uh, but but that's we're not gonna really cover much of any any of the other stuff Um I do want to say, Kurt, I am very saddened uh, because R.I.P. Chris and Maddie, you know, uh, science fiction and fantasy is a very dangerous uh, occupation. (laughs) And uh, we're going to put them we're going to set up a monument to uh, to Chris and and Maddie uh, victims of of science fiction. uh, Many such
0: cases, many such cases.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Just it's so out there. So wacky. Uh, wacky like a fox. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah. no, they 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 just simply weren't feeling well enough. So. It's, it's a
0: tough. Uh, honestly, it's it's a tough time of year. There's there's a lot of stuff coming and going, COVID wise, and I know that you know the school year is just wrapping up. I was actually at uh, my my older daughter's. Uh, kindergarten graduation tonight. She was named the Valedictorian of Kindergarten, which I, we had Hell no idea yeah. that the, that was happening. I didn't even know that there was a Valedictorian of uh, Kindergarten. Um But uh, then I had to explain to her what a, what a Valedictorian was. And then I had to, about 10 minutes later, be like, okay, l- listen, this is... L- be very proud. This is awesome. You did a great job, but, but you cannot go around bragging to all of your friends that you are the valedictorian. They are going to get really annoyed. You really
1: <laughs> just, just, just oh Yeah. Like, uh, 10 years down the line, uh, don't put it on your resume. Don't put
0: on your resume that you're the valedictorian of kindergarten. No, no, just, um, just list valedictorian and don't specify further. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Let them ask questions. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, so, so, do you remember, um, I, I actually did re-listen to the episode recently, um, do you remember what your prediction was in the short fiction category, uh, Kurt? Mm,
0: I think I thought that Mr. Death would, would sorry, I think my guesses were uh, Mr. Death, happy likely, proof by induction, unhappy likely. So, I thought that those <laughs> two were the ones that were plausible. Uh, to win. Obviously, I wanted uh, Susan Palumbo's L- "Laughter Among the Trees" to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wrong with all of those. Yes, uh, since "Where Oaken Hearts Do Gather" by Sarah Pinsker um won. Yes, and I didn't care for that story, but I'm also like not surprised. Like, like yep. uh, it's it's. I mean, there's there's only six stories that were nominated, and I can't very well say like, oh, well, I said that these four would pro- would likely. Win.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I I have to say, like uh, I was I was uh, listening, and uh, I believe you, Maddie, and Chris were pretty sure that Mister Death was going to win, and we were we yeah. were sort of uh, uh, all in agreement, anonymous, if you will, um, that that uh, Palum- you know, Susan Palumbo's uh, story should have won, but we we all sort of knew that it wasn't really wasn't really going to win. Simply by what like we we had read the past years uh, stuff yeah, as well, it's not, and
0: it's it's uh, it's honestly a delight to me that it was nominated. Um, I would have been really shocked if it mm. if it won, just because I, I I don't I don't think it's what uh the Nebulas goes for, which is you know to their discredit, but but um yeah
1: yeah uh, it's it's weird. Uh, I and I don't know how true this is. But I always got the feeling that specifically the nebulas being part of the science fiction writers uh, association. I think they they they're now officially renamed um, has uh, has a weird um, I don't want to say cattiness, but definitely uh, where horror is sort of somewhat let in sometimes Mm. but you know i get the feeling that that a lot of the um a lot of the the people that are involved in sifwa are probably like yeah well that's what you have the horror or awards for so go over there
0: (laughs) in in terms of where open hearts do gather i i guess i guess lesson learned that people really this is a mean thing to say because I genuinely think that Sarah Pinsker is, is like, is is like, like a quite good writer. Um, Mm -hmm. I I've, I've been impressed with, you know, a a number of, of her stories that I've read. Um, but I'll just say the uncharitable thing, which is, I, I think that it seems like the nebulas are, are impressed by like a, like a gimmick structure. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and I don't mean that necessarily, even in like a negative way, like there are stories that have gimmick structures that I like, but, but it my my hunch is that people people thought that, the, you know, the gimmick was was clever and it, it is clever. Yeah. I just didn't like the story. So,
1: yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I, you know, I tend to agree on both counts. Uh, I, I have had the, the pleasure of reading Sarah's stories many times. Um, I it's do okay. think that it's yes, okay, yeah. Car-
0: Carlo. I will, you can let me be the bad cop this episode. If you just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Oh, no, no. no. Go ahead, you go don't ahead. need
1: to be a <laughs> cop, man. No, be, don't be a cop here. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, I, I, I generally, I, I do think that, that Sarah's a, a, a very, very good writer. Um, but also, yeah, to your point, I think it's, it's, it's something about the cleverness rather than the, um. Rather than, than the actual, I don't know the the execution or the. I don't even know how to how to describe it without sounding sounding really sort of spicy and or mean. Yeah, the, uh, but yeah, I think you're right. The structure like it's, it's pulled like me away mystical. from it.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. There, there yeah. we go. Like it's, I think that that's what I was going to say. That the, the 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 sort of structure of it is really to its detriment more than anything else. I felt. But, you know, it is it's a story that we were given. So we have to sort of you know, accept it on those grounds. So, yeah. Uh, so so be it. Um, so anyway, uh, I guess we should probably uh, talk a little bit about the novelettes. Uh, yeah. And, and let me go over uh, the novelette uh, slate. Um, so best novelette uh, was the ballot was just enough rain by ph lee uh which was published in giganotosaurus uh o2 arena by um okay donald uh, which was originally published in galaxy's edge uh which we can we can circle back to that in a minute because yeah, originally interesting, published
0: <laughs> interesting discussion to be had there
1: yes yes uh there was um i don't know if you would say parentheses Emmett (laughs) in parentheses uh, by Lauren ring, uh, which was published in uh, fantasy and science fiction Uh, caveat uh, to listeners out there. We weren't able to read Emmett because um, Lauren uh, had it up. uh, A a lot of the magazines that have exclusivity periods um, generally will have a clause that says that if you ask, uh, you may have a window where you can, you know, during award season uh, to then self-publish it or post it somewhere so that people can can read it and make a decision based upon that. Um, so sadly, after the uh, Nebula Wars were announced, I'm going to guess that uh, Lauren took it down. So... Um, Sadly, we we weren't able to read Emmett. I, I started reading it way back when, and then sort of put it aside and, and didn't revisit it. Sadly, do you remember um, what it was about? It's um basically, it's it's a a uh, a programmer who is like in a work from home situation, and uh, she has been able to sort of encode essentially golem magic, and she has like these little golems, mm. but I don't. I don't know much else other than that. It seemed very sort of cute, you know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but I, I didn't get to the end of it. So I, I couldn't really tell you, you know, what it's about about, you know, um, I, I, the descriptions I heard was that it was a rumination on the surveillance state or something to that effect. But uh, okay. I, okay. Sounds like an uh, interesting
0: concept, but, but rumination on the surveillance state sounds, sounds less Interesting, not because I'm not concerned about that, but I'm always skeptical when things are, are a rumination. But maybe I will mm-hmm. read it eventually. Regardless, I, I, it doesn't sound like either of us really had an opportunity to, to form an opinion on it. So yeah, question yeah. mark with that one.
1: Yep. Uh, next one is That Story Isn't the Story by John Wiswell, uh, which was published in Uncanny. And Colors of the Immortal Palette. Uh, by carolyn m yokum i believe that's how you pronounce her last name also published in uncanny uh weirdly it's not uh it doesn't have uncanny uh listed here on the um on the nebulas award page but anyway Hmm. it's it's a weird uh i i don't know what to make of that but anyway um so do do we just want to go in order uh, uh why don't we start or do we want to start with the winner and then why don't we talk start with the winner?
0: Yeah, why don't we start with the winner?
1: All right. So uh O2 Arena, uh written by uh, Nigerian author and editor um Donald Ekpeki, uh, was originally pu- published in Galaxy's Edge. But and this is where I'm going to give you give you the mic for a couple seconds uh, or minutes, perhaps, uh, Kirk. But I do want <laughs> to stereotype out that-
0: me, Carlo. Way wait, wait to assume that I'm just going to talk and talk and talk forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said seconds first. Um, anyway, the, the, the funny thing is that uh, I, I was not even aware because I was going off of the um, the CIFWA awards by year page. And mm. when you click the link. Uh, it takes you to Apex Magazine, who was kind enough to reprint this, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, I was unaware uh, of, like I, I didn't even cross my mind. And you pointed out something, Kurt. What did you point out? Uh,
0: so it's it, the, the the story was you like you mentioned originally uh, published in Galaxy's Edge. Um, and when it ran when it was rerun in Apex, uh, it was significantly re-edited. And um, some it, it, like whole sections of sentences were were trimmed out, uh, grammar was significantly reworked. Um, I I didn't have a chance to actually look, uh, and see like how different the word count of the story is but it wouldn't surprise me if it's like like 100 or 200 words shorter or something like that mm. um in the in the apex version um and there there's also a third version on um uh ekpeki's uh publisher's website arc arc something i forget the name Oh, your uh, um,
1: Ark Manor, I believe, Arc is Manor, the publisher. Thank you. Yes, yeah. and that's that, the publisher for Galaxy's Edge. Yeah,
0: yes, and that that has. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I didn't realize that that was uh, Galaxy's Edge. Okay, so then there there probably are only two um, versions out there. Then, um, but uh, but but it's it's online in three different places and they they each are a little bit different but the one between Galaxy's Edge and Apex are significantly different um i read about half of the story in Galaxy's Edge and honestly i was really struggling with um with reading it like it was it it, it this this sounds this sounds nasty but like it it needed more editing mm-hmm. um like there was things that were just kind of like just like not necessarily grammatically incorrect, but were like grammatically awkward, uh, that that were like, you know, like straightforward line edits. Um and the most of those uh were were made in, in Apex. And I went back and read it from the beginning and read the whole thing um in, in Apex. And I, I liked it a lot better um mm-hmm. in in Apex. We can get to our, our general thoughts in, in a minute. Um but I I was surprised by this by reading it in The Galaxy's Edge uh forms. So and, and yeah and it, it, it is confusing because it's listed as being uh in uh Galaxy's Edge. Um and so I'm I'm curious like I don't know if there's a nebulous packet but I'd be curious which version was included yeah. if there is one. And generally, and there is. yeah. There generally uh,
1: there is. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was going to and and you mentioned that it's very unusual for stuff to be re-edited significantly in a reprint.
1: Yeah, exactly right. I was going to just say that, that 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 is sort of a curiosity. Um, There are markets that will um, say up front that, you know, oh, well, you even reprints are are subject to to editorial, you know, notes and and edits and whatnot. And honestly, like most of the time uh, from from like an authorial point of view, you just sort of like submit a, a, a reprint because it's it's they're going to give you like some flat rate or some less yeah. than you know less than what you initially got paid for it rate um, and as a result you know just thinking selfishly like i don't want to work extra <laughs> on something that i already worked on you know but yeah. but sometimes that's that's the way it works you know uh, and it, it is sort of weird that um it I, I mean not weird but it is definitely curious that apex um I'm going to guess uh the the editor there Jason Sizemore is the editor at Apex right now editor in chief at least um may have uh then worked with uh Oganchev um you know like prose and and probably went back and forth with him a couple of times to yeah to, to get his his approval on some of the edits I'm going to guess
0: yeah and there's even a notice at the bottom of the Apex reprint that says like there are additional um scenes uh for this story available um uh over over on this other site and, and there's a link to it um but but it's at the very end uh of the story and there's there's no such link going the other direction so I'm glad that I stumbled upon the apex uh mm-hmm. version Um, and, and so if, if you read this and you kind of had the same feeling as I did that, that like, oh, like this, this like the editing is, is off or or it was like getting in the way of, of actually like reading the story, I would suggest Mm -hmm. checking out uh, the Apex version.
1: I, w- I will also uh, add uh and perhaps this is the last thing about the <laughs> the, the the preamble to the to this you know our comments on the story itself um I will also add that the galaxy's edge when I looked at it and I think we we both looked at it um uh basically the background and the size of the the text and everything uh probably it may have also been reprinted in part. For accessibility, because uh, Apex is, is a much cleaner, much easier to read, a larger font, uh, all the good things that you would want out of a story that is, you know, a novelette. It's long enough that it's going to take you a, a little while to read through it, so you know, uh, you you don't want to be straining your eyesight for. Um, but anyway, um, so so general thoughts, I guess. Uh, unless you have something else to add,
0: oh. I was going to say, um, uh, there, there's, there's actually not a huge difference in word count between the story, uh, between the two versions. It's about, it's about like 40 words shorter Mm. in Apex. So not, not really a significant difference, but you can definitely notice that, you know, there, there was, uh, there was editing. Uh, There is actually a third version. Um, uh, the, the author has, has another version on his personal website um that has the additional uh, scenes. So I I haven't read those. Um so there yeah, there yeah. is the original Galaxy's Edge version, there's the Apex version and then there's kind of like the uh, director's cut version. <laughs> um thoughts about the story, um so it's it's basically a it's it's a kind of like uh like cli- climate apocalypse dystopia. Uh it very like um class disparity oriented. It's set in uh, Nigeria um it is about a uh, a law student um who is kind of like uh he's he's kind of like submitting to this this very like authoritarian strict condescending um like law school system uh to to kind of try to um keep his family going and kind of like make sure that they don't collapse into oxygen poverty because it seems like uh the the atmosphere has been so thoroughly ruined um Actually, is it the
1: atmosphere or is it because it's of smoking? Uh, the, I I couldn't the, tell. The, phy- the phytoplankton has died out.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. So there's there's not enough oxygen in the atmosphere for people to really uh, survive there. So people people have to have like oxygen tanks or oxygen generators all the time, um, and they spend oxygen credits basically as 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 money. Um, and so the ability, to, you know, he's he's trying to get enough money to to breathe and to keep his family breathing. Uh, effectively and then it kind of progresses through um in addition to law school he then winds up entering into these kind of like uh these like like death uh death matches that have like a large oxygen credit uh re- reward if you kind of you know it kind of like a like a running man style competition but just mm-hmm. a, like like a one-on-one you know fight to the death that's uh televised um that's the and and it it basically you know there there's a couple twists and turns uh you know he's got like a dying friend um and then that that kind of winds up uh n- nudging him into actually doing the death match fight um and that's that that's basically what what the plot of it is overall impressions um i i i initially really disliked um the story and uh, part of that, I think, was just struggling with the version that I was originally reading. When I restarted reading it in Apex, it it did it it eliminated some of the things that I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, I overall liked the concept, and there were a few spots that I liked some of some of the the the, the language and the prose. Um, overall, though, I found the prose a little bit dry, um, and I felt like there were. I felt like it it, it over explained a lot of stuff. Um, it it felt like there was a lot of subtext that was just turned into text that mm-hmm. could have just been cut. There was a lot of what um, I feel like was kind of like linear storytelling, describing like walking from from place to place that wasn't it wasn't super evocative and it wasn't really necessary to advancing the story. Um, but there there were parts that I liked. But overall, um, I I liked the concept. I liked that kind of like dystopian. You know combat oriented kind of quasi cyberpunk uh concept and it just it just didn't it just didn't quite come together and didn't didn't quite do it for me um and i i especially thought that like the 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 whole twist was like a little bit obvious um yeah it it didn't it didn't quite click for me there there were parts of it that that i did enjoy um though
1: yeah i i um i'll say this that um you know uh I think initially my, my initial thoughts were like, okay, so why oxygen exactly and not water, but you know, that's neither here nor there. That's not the story that, that we were given. Um, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to sort of like nitpick, uh, you know, the premise because it's not, that's, you know, that's not the story that we were given, but I will say that, uh, to your point, Kurt, I do think that there's a lot like it. I felt like the, the only time I really felt like the, the, the story popped for me, like the prose and, and sort of like the, the feeling uh, was when he went back to his old neighborhood and yeah, he started like yeah, falling. That was actually really that's, good. I, I liked that's that part where I, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. I wished I would have gotten much more of that. Um, And to your point, I think that um, to your earlier point regarding subtext uh, made text, I think that this is a a an issue that I found (laughs) with most of the other stories as well, uh, like the the, the novelettes as well. So uh, we can get to those in due time. But but yeah, I, I do think that the that it is a little heavy-handed it it reads like something that is targeted to a younger audience than myself which isn't necessarily a sin but also doesn't it feels like there's large parts at the beginning that is that's trying to hold my hand and it's like no no no, you got the premise like yeah people have trouble breathing okay got it i don't need to you know like like, like, I don't need, you know, like super exposition on that. I can get it. You know, <laughs> anyone's been, if anyone's been short of breath, you, you get it, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I, I just found that, it, um, it, it, there were parts, especially at the beginning and not like I was mentioning when he goes back to his old neighborhood and starts like hanging with the, like, like basically the old gang that he used to hang with, um, parts at the beginning that felt both over perhaps overwritten and um vague, which is a weird balance, yeah. I felt. Um, yeah, the anyway. themes the themes were very
0: explicitly stated. So like, you know, towards towards the beginning, um I I can't I can't actually find the original one that I, I was thinking of, but there's a section where it's like uh, what was our daily reality? You had to pay to breathe since the global warming crisis had affected phytoplankton and hampered the production of breathable air. Our lives were our own to maintain at the requisite cost, um, which is both kind of like a little bit. It's 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 fine as like explaining the concept, but then it like it kind of keeps talking about like how hard it is. And it's like it's it was for, for me, it was already established. Um that it is like a hard Scrabble, like tough existence, and saying it explicitly didn't, um, didn't like, uh, but didn't make it any more like, like evocative.
1: Um,
0: or like yeah, later like, on, there's a part where, where it's like, um, gosh, where is it? Uh, it's, it's like our, uh, gosh, hold on a second. Oh, uh, I had to wonder why our society still looks down on women so much was gasping your lungs out in between toiling to purchase filters and breathable air in an atmosphere ruined by global warming, not enough, or was the audacity of being here daring to compete with men in the most lucrative and influential profession in the Republic simply too bold. And, and this comes after a sequence where one of the lecturers is like being like super sexist um, and it's yeah. like it was. It was already really clear that this is like a very sexist uh, s- society, and so having the main character then kind of like ruminate on like why is everyone so sexist? To to your point, that did very kind of strike me as like a young adult kind of uh, flourish, where where it's like m- maybe you aren't as I I, th- I think most adults who. Have remotely decent politics are like, yeah, it's a very sexist world. Our own world is very sexist. And so if you see like a hint of that in a sci fi setting, you're like, oh, okay, this world is like that too. Um, and mm-hmm. so saying it out loud is like, it is just winds up being like, you know, 70 or 80 words that like you, you didn't need to invest <laughs> in telling someone the point again.
1: Yeah. Like, like your first example there, like out of those three sentences, you, you only really needed one, really. Yeah. You had to we, pay to breathe. You
0: had to pay to breathe, exactly, yeah. Um yeah, and there's a bunch of stuff like that where uh there's other parts in the story where it's, you know, the it, it's saying like the the main character says like I got on a bus that was going to take me to my old university, but I didn't go to my old university. I changed for another bus there and it took me over to here and like the, my issue wasn't wasn't describing that it's that there wasn't any like there wasn't any like aesthetic description. Um, which I was really hungry for in this story. and I felt like that was something that I would have really liked to see a lot more of. Like I didn't really get like
1: what, what does this world?
0: Yeah, exactly. What does this world look like? What does the lecture halls look like? What is the difference between like the more luxurious lecture hall and like the more hard scrabble existence outside? And where you do get that to your point earlier, is when he's visiting um with kind of like his old friends when he's talking about how, like, you know he had to kind of join this like gang slash cult. Uh, to have basically like like backup, um, mm-hmm. so that he didn't get his ass kicked. And but like they don't really respect him because they know that that was the only reason he was part of it. And you do get a bit of that then, and it kind of talks about like how the how the other members who are more serious about the gang are acting, and like the smoking weed constantly, and talking about kind of like how they look down on him. And I I liked that, and I wanted I wanted much more of that in the rest of the story.
1: Yeah yeah same. All right. I mean, um, I, other than that, like, um, I I was, I, I, I had the small quibble of like, you know, starting like in media res and then jumping to three months earlier. Uh, but, but at the same time, like, I don't think that that's something that is necessarily like a, uh, a thing that you can't do. Right. I think it's, it's how you do it. And I think here it's, it's so very obvious um obviously set up uh by just putting 3 months earlier that i don't know it it seems a little heavy handed i don't know um uh for for, I, for like a transition
0: i um yeah i i i agree with that and then i i actually felt like the i actually felt like it really rushed to justify the character being someone who would engage in a fight to the death and it still felt uh, like it felt very abrupt um like almost as soon as you meet him he's talking about like i'm gonna kill this guy i'm gonna kill this guy and it's it's like kind of coming across as joking um but then it pretty quickly becomes clear that like he's he's not joking and so it felt like a lot of the story the character was like already ready to kill someone. And then it didn't feel like the plot needed to go the way it did to, to push him into engaging in the death match. He already seemed pretty resigned uh, to it. And, mm-hmm. and then as soon as he got there, he was like, uh, I, I did like that. He was kind of like fumbling around in the fight, Um, but I didn't find the description of the fight um as effective as I think it, it could have been. I would have loved to see a bit more like, uh a a bit more like connection to the emotional weight during the fight instead and there there was a bit of that but instead it mostly felt like kind of just like a blow-by-blow description of of two people fighting which didn't didn't do a lot for me
1: yeah so yeah exactly yeah um all right so i I suppose we could probably move on uh to the next uh novelette which um let's just take it from the top i guess yeah um uh just enough rain by ph lee uh which was published in Giganotosaurus. um and and uh i don't know i i i'll say i'll say this right up front um i thought this was enjoyable it was cute um it was a little if i if i can get into a little bit of critique it i felt like it it leaned a lot on just back and a lot of back and forth um uh, dialogue, but overall, I thought it was cute. I don't know, honestly, don't know if it was something that I would have considered for like the the winning ballot uh, for for the Nebula Awards. Uh, and uh, we we can get into the details uh, a little bit later. But but Kurt, what were your first impressions? Of I this?
0: I actually really liked this story, um, mm-hmm. and I was extremely prepared not to because it was clear that it was going to be a kind of like humorous um a a humorous story built around talking to god um mm-hmm. and i was like oh boy is this can, am i going to be able to get through you know 7000 words of one joke um and i actually thought it was quite funny um mm-hmm. i i had kind of a shit eating grin on my face while reading some parts of this because um the the humor I thought was was actually like legitimately funny in a lot of parts um where the 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 angel character is like pretty funny like it's a uh, it's the the whole like mythical creatures speaking in all caps uh is a pretty time-worn um like comedic device but it is one that I still find funny um I, and so I I I liked that and I think the the strength of that depiction actually kind of carried the story for me. Um and also I thought the writing was actually quite good. Uh uh-huh. in a lot of places there's there's the description of like the butterfly prophecy I actually thought was very good. Um so I I liked the story a lot. Uh I'm I, it it doesn't feel super nebulous. E, um, it kind mm-hmm. of feels more like something I would read. It it feels like an old. St- it feels like a story that would have been written in like the early 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, in in terms of those kind of like like jokey sci uh, jokey sci-fi fantasy stories, it actually there's actually there's a couple. Um, there's an Alfred Bester, uh, story that's kind of like a comedic sci-fi story. Um, called uh the Men Who Murdered Muhammad, which is kind of like like a time travel uh comedy. Um, that it actually sort of reminded me of, and it's like, it's like a little bit lightweight, but it's, but it was, Mm -hmm. it was funny. So I liked this story a lot. Yeah. yeah, And
1: I, I, I honestly, the, the, the part that actually made me chuckle, uh, and and like you said, uh, perhaps even in spite of myself was, um, when the angel appears for the first time. <laughs> he shows up like on the. Light oh, that rail. was great! Yeah,
0: that, that was oh, great. So he's good. like, fear, "Fear not, I have come to speak the word of the Lord. I am the messenger this, of the yeah, Lord God. Th- this lady, David Elias
1: yeah. Ruttenberg, <laughs> you are perfect for this woman here."
0: <laughs> I loved when he it's was like, um, "Yeah, he's, he's he's like he's like she is she is single, emotionally stable, and she has a good job." Behold, <laughs> I, th- I <laughs> legitimately thought that was that was quite funny. In a, it actually reminded me a lot of. Uh, like Good Omens, the book,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, or yeah, yeah.
0: or like Terry Pratchett, uh, honestly, Terry Pratchett which, was, uh, which is deaf, which is yeah. high praise for me. And um, I like Terry Pratchett a lot. He's not always like the the he's not always like the the fanciest prose stylist, but like his dialogue kind of like clicks along, and it's funny, and it it doesn't overstay its welcome. And I thought that this did a good job of not like none of the jokes overstayed their welcome.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, for for me, I, I do yeah. I do have to say that the the thing that killed me was. You should ask for her number, so saith the Lord. That was
0: funny, yeah. (laughs) I I also liked um, the angel specifying, like, uh, take her somewhere fancy, but not too fancy. Maybe thirty dollars a person. Uh, pretend to go to the bathroom and then pay while she,
1: while you're out of the room. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. It,
0: it's it's like I said. It's like it's it's a time worn joke, but it was well done and it was funny. Yeah, it's, um, it's
1: a, I I think that it th- there is and this is going to sound like like uh, damning with faint praise, but there is something to be said about a somewhat slight uh, uh, story or premise that is executed very well. And yeah. the, I, I, I really enjoyed this story precisely because it does exactly that.
0: Can I, can I read the part where I was like, okay, I actually really like the prose Go for it. in yeah. this. Um, so, uh, the, the, the character you find out through the course of the story uh, received a a prophecy or what she believed was a prophecy when she was a teenager, and it terrified her so much, and sh- that she like she couldn't deal with it. Um, and basically, she views herself as a failed prophet as a result. And so, you know, she's kind of flashing back to when that happened. Um, and she meets she meets God uh, in person. I think it's like after her bat mitzvah, maybe. I, I I'm unclear on that, but um, uh, so God. God walks up and says, I'm worried about the butterflies. And it goes... When God said, I'm worried about the butterflies, I heard the fragility of a butterfly's wing, the twists of air against it as it flies, the shapes and storms that those twists became, the caterpillar that the butterfly was, the pupation that created it, each and every mark on its wings and the chance and evolution that put it there, the image of the butterfly to the human eye, the great swarms of monarchs resting in the branches of my thought, each meaning that the words might take, every misinterpretation, all the cults and all the heresies that might spring up from them, people praying to butterflies, breeding butterflies, eating butterflies as sacrament the ancestral tree of life, the fundamental genetic connection between me as I live and every butterfly as they lived and so on and so forth. And it's just like a one giant run on sentence um, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of yeah. keeps pulling out and out. And I was like, okay, this actually is very effectively conveying through text, the sense of being overwhelmed by the scale of detail in like that you have received from hearing God say a simple word. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that the styling of the prose was used to convey that instead of just saying my mind was all fucked up because God talked (laughs) to me. I was like, it actually did like a good job of making that evocative in a way that I was like, this is that for, for all the fact that like, there are some things that I could criticize about it. That is the main thing that I ask of Mm sci-fi and fantasy is if you're going to explain something really wild, make me feel it through the writing. And it did that. And so I give this one um, one thumb up because I'm holding a beer in my other hand.
1: <laughs> Sounds like an Alanis Morissette song. Um <laughs> Actually right. to that point, um yes. it reminded
0: me a little bit of the movie dogma. Okay. Starring, I believe, I think that was Alanis, Alanis Morissette. Morissette as, yes, as God. And,
1: yes. Yes. We, we met God and she's, she's mad. Um, <laughs> Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I can't help but see that image in my head now. Um anyway, so uh then I guess um we'll jump down to that story isn't the story by John Wiswell published in Uncanny. Um and uh what were your thoughts on this? I mean this this clocked in at 9,033 words.
0: I was I was torn. Um I tried to read this back when we did the original um episode. I I in general tend to not connect uh with John Wiswell's writing. Um I however, even when I wasn't connecting with this story, um I was vibing a little bit more with this one. I would say it still isn't to my tastes. Um but this one had a bit of like, I I think that um most of John Wiswell's writing takes kind of like horror or thriller, um, mechanics and, and turns Mm -hmm. it to like a different, either like a humorous or like a more comforting, um, purpose. And in this story, he's using the horror, some of the horror mechanics actually for like horror and, and unease. And it doesn't, it's not, still not really structured like a horror story. Um, but I found that aspect more effective of it. Like it actually does have some some you know some somewhat gross uh, imagery. Um, I I didn't I didn't really find the character beats uh, uh, contributing to the story though, and there are a lot of them. So it it kind of it kind of ultimately dragged for me and and lost me uh, again. Um, but I thought that the general concept of like a familiar escaping in the way of like leaving an abusive relationship and and the the metaphor or the the mechanism of like having these these bite wounds that keep bleeding um and kind of like the the emotional malaise and like you know uh self self delusion um about the power of you know someone who was abusing you uh, was was fairly effective it still it wasn't really my alley uh in general though and and i, I definitely have some more nuanced um c- criticism that i can get in uh
1: too yeah i mean i i so i i like yourself um i was torn uh honestly i i do like um sometimes i do like uh stories that that will take a well-worn thing like oh you know it's a vampire house right um and uh, sort of turn it sideways and and make me look at it from a different direction and i you know i that's an interesting premise this does have an interesting premise in it i think um the issues that i had with it mostly have to do with uh I, so, so part of the disconnect that I had while reading this is because it's trying to sort of jump ahead and use, um, sort of like, I guess, uh, what is it? Uh, deprogramming, like cult deprogramming, uh, language and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that type of psychology, uh, And it brings it to the fore in a way that then I never felt like the main character, Anton, who um, escapes the the, the house of the master vampire and then gets picked up by his friend. um, And they go out somewhere in the country, suburbs, rural somewhere, and they they live in a dump, uh, basically, uh, that uh, I guess his friend... Uh, he sort of like has taken it upon himself to be like a foster house for uh, he collects like other people that are in similar situations um, and has like four jobs and everyone works and blah, blah. And, and that was rendered rather well. But I never got a sense that Anton, the main character, who is still in sort of like this in between place. Uh, you you never get a sense for what uh, what lured him there to begin with.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like that, what that the seduction was... was. Yeah. Exactly. Um. I I felt like the most interesting part of the story happened before, right before the story, um, began, which is like to me, uh, I wanted. I, that maybe this is just me being an asshole or or a sick fuck but but i find the recovery from trauma much less interesting as a reader than the trauma itself or the even mm-hmm. the experience of being within the trauma like i'm not asking for like you know like a bunch of scenes of abuse or anything um, but to me, building up the nerve to make that phone call to escape these circumstances, that to me is the interesting character beam. I wanted to see that stuff or at least get a sense of it more than I did. And for me, this felt like a story that had a big push at the beginning. Where I was like, OK, like this is this is cool. Like it, it's, it was like legitimately interesting. I also liked that it was a bit vague uh, about like what like like what what exactly is going on here? I skipped, I will admit, I skipped around a little bit at, at the end. So I'm still not clear if like Mr. Bird is like a, is like a vampire or just like a weird, or like a weird guy or what, what exactly was going well, uh, on there.
1: D- so, so the end is, see, the end is where it sort of like really for me, uh, sort of like let the, all the air out of the balloon. Right. Um, so so in the end he he meets this uh this guy who is you know is now going to be his boyfriend julian Um, right yeah yeah, julian and uh he he directs him like they they decide that they're going to go on like some long ass date or no they're going to go to north carolina or something like that um on like a little mini vacation together and uh on the way there he directs him back to where the place you know the where the townhouse he shared with Mr Bird and the other familiars and the other familiars uh he's he's noticed have uh by then have sort of flown the coop like he was i guess the the first you know sort of stones before the avalanche mm-hmm. and everyone else that was also under the vam- the vampire I'm going to call him the vampire Mr Bird okay uh, that's what it, I was getting small. at. I couldn't tell. Yeah. This,
0: this is stupid. The first time I read it, the first like 10 paragraphs, I thought that Mr. <laughs> Bird was a wizard because wizards can also have familiars in, in D and D at least anyway. And I was like, Oh no, it's an evil wizard. That that be much So, cooler for so me.
1: I, 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 yes, absolutely. Like I remember, um, seeing the, the, uh, like the, the announcements is like, Oh, it's about a familiar escaping. It's abusive master. And I was like, so like a toad? Yeah. A raven? Um without reading cat. the story. Um, but anyway, so so when they pass by the house, like the house looks like it's in disarray, like all the blackout uh curtains that have been nailed to the windows are sort of like hanging askew and blah blah. And then very dramatically the house just sort of like demol, like just falls uh into a pile of rubble. And it's like Okay. That seems overly dramatic when like for me what I was looking for in that ending was either the house is still there perhaps in disrepair but but you know it's still there or it's already been sort of like demolished or whatever you know it's just a pile of rubble now uh or whatever and you just drive past and go oh interesting and then that's it. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's it's. I maybe I'm being overly critical, but it it felt like a little too much, like wish fulfillment, like it, cherry on top of the sun. Yeah,
0: it's it's taper it's tapering off too much, and then and then it doesn't. Um, th- see, th- this this to me is where is where it would work better as a horror story because I think a horror story would end on some kind of a big weird uh, moment like maybe mm-hmm. a, that that would admittedly possibly undercut the the kind of like quiet triumph of getting over abuse that that I think is the intent of the story but in my mind it I would have preferred if, if, you know, Anton comes back and I don't know, he sees, he sees a procession of other people like Mr. Bird coming to feast upon the weekend, you know, Mr. Bird, you got some weird fucked up body horror or or something and and like, or, you know, like, like other abusers tearing him apart and like, you know, devouring the people. This, this sounds really stupid, like, as I say it, but, (laughs) but my, my point is I would have liked to see it end on a, on like a bigger note that either made it ambiguous or ominous or, or something I, I, I wanted not necessarily a downer ending, but mm-hmm. like uh, what, what I was saying before about how, like this, this gets back to what I was saying before about like, it feels like there's a big, interesting push at the very beginning. And then it's just kind of like a gradual tapering off and tapering off and tapering off. And then it just kind of ends with like, and then it was resolved and, and you know, now yeah, yeah. people feel better. And I, and while I, while i understand the like that 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 is a fulfilling narrative um for for other people it it's it's it, 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 it to me isn't a super memorable narrative because like in that structure it makes anton and louis and Grigori kind of inessential to the resolution because it it, it, it never really feels like there's a whole lot of conflict between them it never really feels like there's like big decisions being being made. I don't really get a sense for for anything. All the interesting stuff is like is like off off screen for the most part. And you get little hints hints of it. Um but mm-hmm. I just wanted a lot a lot more of that and for that to be more tied into what like the emotional payoff was. Whereas I mean, instead the emotional I, payoff is like things get resolved basically.
1: Yeah I mean I, I could I could go that way but but I think what I I mean maybe maybe not that the house is like already demolished or maybe it's just empty. And it's like, there's a big for sale sign. And, and to be honest with you, like, I feel like ending it that way would have been, it would have been like almost anti-cathartic, which is really sort of like, for me, for the themes that it was trying to explore, like, and for the story that, that, you know, if, if you are trying to get away from like basically an alluring um gross but maybe like seductive you know dark world you know where where things happen uh and going to just regular life yeah you know, sometimes that's how it works you know you've left the sur- like the the liminal space there's nothing supernatural happening now in your life, and sometimes that sort of sucks
0: exactly and, yeah and
1: i don't I, I don't think that that's necessarily a downer ending i think it's just simply like putting a a sort of like putting a period on on the fact that yeah sometimes you know if if you if you were like imagine if you were like lestat's gardener like crazy parties but damn no more parties well i guess <laughs> that's exactly the end of that. you know
0: that's a that's a that's a great comparison um is yeah again this this makes me sound like such a dirtbag when i say it but i find the bad relationship more interesting and, and the process of escaping the bad relationship way more interesting to read about than the healing Cause I kind of feel, I I, I almost want to whisper this. I kind of feel like a lot of healing reads very similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, but it is, but it is very important. But like as a story, it's not. It's not what I, I care to read about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I think that the the um, it, you know what I what I said before. Uh, perhaps I'm I'm repeating myself. But but like when you escape an abusive relationship you will have moments where you, you sort of regret and you, you, the way that regret shows up often is not in like, oh man, I did the wrong thing or whatever. It's like, but there were good times and you fixate on, you know, like the 10% of good times versus the 90% of bad times mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. to that effect. And that's just the way the human mind sometimes works when you are sort of thrust into a new situation you want to go back. Uh yeah, I mean that's also like the I think that's the, the the major narrative in in people that want that think that their childhood was great. It's like, was it though? <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to do anything you liked? No. Well, guess what? You are definitely remembering things a little differently.
0: Let me give uh, one one piece of praise uh for the story though, or one one major piece of praise. Um it uh it name drops the band Electric Six. Uh, they are a good band, very strange band. Uh, they have a number of albums. I haven't listened to even half of them because they just kept putting out albums, and I kind of, you know, stopped actively listening to them. Uh, they're a good weird uh, band, um, hmm. and I would I would recommend, uh, especially their first like three or four albums. <laughs> they All right. they write a lot what of songs kind of- about doing uh, doing cocaine in hell and <laughs> stuff
1: like that. All right, excellent, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll have to check them out.
0: I recommend the song "I Buy the Drugs," and I think there's like three Z's at the end of the
1: song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's because those are extra special drugs. All right, uh, all right. So, do we have any? Um, I, I'm going to guess those are the last uh, thoughts we have on on that story. Isn't the story?
0: Uh, I I I liked it the best of the various John Wiswell stories that I I have read. It, it it came the closest to working to working for me in large part again, I think, because um it was, I think, intentionally off putting with some of the horror imagery. Um, about like the blood on the thighs and like the bite wounds not heal. And, again, the bite wounds that doesn't heal sounds like like very trite. Uh, concept and it kind of is but the description of them as just being like like a little like tic-tac shaped hole and like the blood running down the thighs and stuff is is Mm -hmm. gross like in a good in a good way Uh, so i i'm doing the sicko face and i would like to see more of that um and le I, I feel like I always say lean into the horror side. So that's, that's my advice. Uh, if you want to win me over is write more horror Kurt, stuff and Kurt's, lean into it.
1: Kurt's, Kurt's pounding the desk, like J. Jo J. Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. And, <laughs> Bring me the horror. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I think that you're absolutely right that, that I, I did like some of the grosser, um, aspects of this. Um, and, uh, I will say that this felt like the least self edited and perhaps closest to raw um type of writing that I've read from wiswells
0: I agree, yeah, I agree with that yeah there there was a vulnerability to this that I, I I feel like wasn't wasn't present in a lot of the other things i've read I've read by him. It still didn't quite work for me, but there was there 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 was uh what i am looking for was at least present in the mm-hmm. story just not in sufficient yeah. quantities for me
1: like i i think that the only big thing that and, and we've touched on this but but yeah i would have liked a lot more interiority uh mm-hmm. from anton um because that that may have then led to some of the stuff that that i've mentioned before already you know the you know so, sort of like Maybe fixating or perseverating on stuff that happened to him, even though you know uh, uh, they 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 repeat the title <laughs> several
0: times. I didn't. I didn't get that. That felt um that that felt kind of kind of shoehorned in there. Um, to me, I, I think it, I didn't, I I think didn't think it understand was, it.
1: <laughs> so so uh, the the way I um understood it uh is that whenever um. Anton was about to say something about like his, like his past with Mr. Bird or sort of fixating on, you know, the, the bad things or whatever. Um, in general, um, his, his buddy, uh, uh, shit. I forgot his name. Gregory. Um, Gregory, That's right. Um, would interrupt him and say, you know, or, or, uh, if, if they're trying to like, I think Grigory had been, uh, Sort of like, sort of emotionally abused by his mom, and then lived with uh, Anton for a while before Anton fell in with uh, Mr. Bird and his his crew. Um, and I remember that they're they're talking about that, and, and uh, Anton says, "You know what? You know so whatever happened to your mom?" And he's like, "That's you know that story isn't the story I'm telling." You know? and it's a way to sort of sidestep. Having to really deal with, um, I guess any type of backsliding into you know thinking kindly about abusive people, um, which I get, but I, you know, I don't know that the uh, man, I don't know. I, I I can't really. This I'm no expert in this, but I, I don't think that people operate on that, on you know, in that way. You know, it's not very linear in that way. Yeah. You're always circling back to that shit
0: yeah it's and- it's certainly it's certainly um you know as somebody who has dealt with kind of like you know uh, i was about to say spiral anxiety which sounds like i'm talking about uh but no you know you know like like cyclical thought patterns that are kind of like self destructive and self self-reproducing and the more you think about it the worse it, it gets and the only solution is to just stop fucking thinking about it because you can't think your way out of it mm-hmm. um it, there, there there is a bit of a wisdom i think to just being like no no no, just let's just move on from that yeah. at the same time you know for a story um that th- to me the avoidance is building is building attention um mm-hmm. in me the reader like if somebody keeps trying to talk about somebody something and somebody keeps interrupting them and saying no we're not going to talk about that 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 is building some kind of attention either dread or expectation or excitement at finding out. And, and the point of the story is kind of that it doesn't, you know, that, that you just, you just move on. Um, right. and that, that while that is probably healthy at some level on an emotional sense, d- didn't, didn't do anything for, for me narratively.
1: Uh, I will point out the one thing that I was prepared to really not like, <laughs> sorry about was when he meets Luis, the Hispanic kid. And I'm like, how do you know he's Hispanic? Has he spoken Spanish yet? Because that's what Hispanic means. <laughs> anyway, that that's that sounds like, <laughs> like me being a dick. But honestly, like, come on, man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs>
0: yeah i i didn't i i didn't find that character super beneficial to the to the story. It mostly seemed kind of like a way to to bring in some video game stuff, which which was kind of i I don't know i I guess it's relatable I, I, if, it, if if that's your thing and I love video games but but hearing them talked about doesn't doesn't do anything for me in and of itself.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was just sort of like checking off uh, a series of fandom slash nerd um, activities in the story.
0: Yeah, um, as like that, a bonding that, that mechanism. Be, yeah,
1: yeah, and that that might be like something cynical of me. Like, th- see, this story, all the people in this story love, like, you know, uh, uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and they love, you know, like Terraria, the the video game, and they they talk about Minecraft <laughs> and. I don't know.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, but br- brief aside, you've touched on something that I that has I've realized has been bothering me a lot uh, in recent story, in recent things that we've read, including a few of the short fiction pieces. Um, I I'm really kind of tired of characters whose main thing is that a they are they are nice and b they like something, um, mm. some kind of like like pop culture thing. Um, and it's, it's, it, there's, there's a few that were present in some of the short fiction, uh, let all the children boogie is, is kind of about nice people who like some kind of media. Uh, I, I, I guess, I guess you could argue that, uh, laughter among the, sorry, sorry, uh, where, where, where open hearts do gather is kind of, is uh, that one's not really, a fair example there was a few that were that were in the hugos where it's like people people who like some who likes movies or music or some kind of like nerd thing Mm -hmm. and and they're not oh uh the uh uh the chatbot story is very much that like like that and it's like i i that that doesn't do anything for me i want characters to be weird little knots of of conf like conflicting emotions and thoughts and just people being nice and talking about the things they like doesn't it doesn't do anything for me, and I, I, I understand at some level why it's popular, but it's a really, it's a really tough sell uh, for me. Well, there's mean, a lot of stories the, that are seem seems structured around it.
1: I mean, uh, if if we can deviate uh, slightly more, I mean, this is essentially the the type of sentiment that I see, where it's like. Well, you know, Holden Caulfield was an asshole in that book. And I was surrounded by so many people like that in real life that I don't need to read about it. And it was like,
0: what? That's why I want to read
1: about it. I (laughs) want to read about obsessive weirdos and assholes. Yeah, Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That kind of asshole. That's exactly the kind of asshole that I want to read about.
1: (laughs) I am not interested in like, you know, like basically – you know what would be considered like a coffee shop uh au. You know, I don't. That that's nice and everything. It might be. I don't know. Maybe it is nice, but I'm not sure that I, it's something that I, I seek out. You know. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I suppose we should probably get back on track and and finish up with uh, Colors of the Immortal Palette. Uh, Kurt, you said that you hadn't really gotten too far no, into I, this No, I one. read
0: like four paragraphs, so you'll need to tell me about this one. So, Carlo, what did you think of Colors of the Immortal Palette? I gather that it's about vampires and painting.
1: Yes, exactly right. So um, so this one's structured, uh, it's, it's again, uh Carolyn Yocum. Um, and this is like 12,000, almost 13,000 words. Uh, it's structured with, um, different types of colors, uh, that were, I I'm going to guess, given that, um, I I did read the, the interview, uh, it looks like, um, the author went ahead and, and did plenty of research regarding which colors, uh, you know, uh were appropriate for which time periods. And so you dig you do get like repeats like uh for white, you know, but but like for instance you'll start out with lead white and then I think it ends with the last section is let me see here. Titanium white. You know, and so on. Uh, th- there are um different colors that make uh repeat appearances mainly because new technologies happened and stuff like that. Um, so, this starts out, if I'm not mistaken, in France, I'm going to say Paris, uh, in the 1870s, when Manet and Monet are both, you know, present. Um, the main character seems to be uh, mixed uh, Japanese and it's, I'm going to guess, that Eur- Eurasian, you know, basically Japanese and, and some maybe French. I don't know. It never really goes into what the other, you know, uh, what the other mix is. Uh, but, uh, Mary or Mariko is the main character and, uh, she is a model, uh, for, uh, the, the, the character that we only ever know as, uh, her immortal artist, I believe is the, the phrase. um, And uh, he is a vampire, basically, except that, you know, uh, he is a vampire that uh, does not bite. He turns into mist and steals uh, life force from you, which I guess is fine. But also sort of, again, uh, I I want sort of like maybe gross, like, like for for. This is a pet peeve of mine, because honestly, like, if you're not going to go gross, then, you know, something needs to happen here. Mm. And vampires are sensual. Like, the, the, whole, the whole concept of the vampire, um, you know, like, in, in Victorian era uh, vampire stories was the fact that it's sort of, like, very sexualized, you know, like the bite of a vampire is a metaphor for sex. Mm-hmm. So for a vampire to be sort of like, well, I just turned into mist and, uh, and then steal a little bit of your life for us feels, I don't know.
0: You can't fuck a cloud.
1: Believe yeah. me, buddy, <laughs> I've
0: tried. Um, <laughs> I,
1: I thought, went to the top of a mountain. <laughs> so that's,
0: that's funny because I assumed that this was going to be about a painter whose muse uh, muse, like the band, I, I don't know. It uh, turns out to be, uh, the a, vampire. Yeah. The, the, the vampire. Um, mm-hmm. a, and I would kind of like to see a story. I, I'm sure there's like three Gothic novels that, that, that are like that, but, um, that would, that, that I think would be, uh, yeah, would that, be that'd be cool. cool. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, the, so, so he does turn her eventually. Um, uh, but, but so there's a lot of, again, uh, I think we, we've touched upon this before, And here again, and it's not because I want, I want to repeat myself, but I think that there's a lot of, um, you're writing the themes directly into the text. Um, uh, let me see if I can find, uh, I don't have anything marked that sadly, but there's a lot of like talk about like, you know, like how Mariko is, um, painting when she finally becomes a painter herself, uh, which if I'm not mistaken, um, was, was something that, you know, would happen, even though you were a model, um, a, a, a model. And in that period of time, in, in that, in that area, uh, sometimes you were a model. Sometimes you were, I don't, I don't know if it was, sex worker would be exactly the, the phrase here, but similar, right. Um, you know, you, you, you might be a model who just also, know sleeps around with different artists um and and i'm not saying that to be disparaging it's just simply i think that that was a fact at the time um and she wants to become her own artist uh, which she manages to do um but now she's you know at that point she's immortal and there's a lot of talk about how um her art is not uh viewed as seriously as the men um There is some interesting stuff um, peppered in there where like, for instance, uh, there is some discussion about how Monet, you know, basically took, um, you know, uh, took some of the, the, the uh, artistic techniques from Japan and turned it into, you know, sort of quote discovered impressionism Mm -hmm. uh, for Europe which is i think that's that's a good that's a good thing but there's a lot of like you know women won't be uh as important as you know women are not viewed as importantly as as men in in the arts and um i don't know i it's 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 difficult and and you know i may not be the perfect uh person to talk about this uh but as something that is perennially uh like this is seems to be perennial like touching on the perennial discussion in science fiction and fantasy that you know women authors are not you know they, they 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 weren't they weren't they they were just not around or or they were erased from history and it's like well not really you know like uh you know we we had some discussions with uh you know with with a mutual friend who pointed out that like cl moore uh was writing like essentially space i what is it space and sorcery type of stuff uh way, uh, way yes. back
0: well space opera it would have been basically early space yeah, opera was, effectively early yeah. space opera or a uh, planetary and romance might be the term that you're th- th- that's
1: the that's the phrase i was I looking I'm for i'm not yes. sure
0: that cl that you would quite call cl Moore stuff planetary romance because that's kind of like um That's a little bit more like uh, John Carter of Mars uh, Mm. stuff, but, but yeah, yeah. yes. Like, like around the same time and like in, in the same, in the same circles.
1: I do believe, let me, let me look it up real quick because I do believe that speaking of, uh, because uh, Lee Brackett also came up uh, in, uh, let me see if I can find. Yeah. Yeah. Lee Brackett wrote uh, something called, uh, I may be, murder murderizing the name here the sort of right mm-hmm. um which is pretty much in the same vein as like a, a planetary romance mm-hmm. type of thing
0: yeah um, now, she, uh, by the way lee uh lee bracket also uh wrote the big sleep the uh mm. the original uh version and then also uh the script for um
1: uh the, was it the long goodbye yeah the,
0: yeah the long goodbye uh the robert altman one which is uh one of my favorite movies Terrific terrific piece of work um she was she was both uh both dubbed the i think what i think, I think w- what wikipedia even calls her uh the queen of space opera uh she was mm. also a a, uh, a significant screenwriter uh, she also wrote um wrote a lot of stuff for uh the empire strikes back actually yes, so yes exactly um, right she's a very very accomplished writer in a variety of ways
1: yeah I and mean, that digression is simply to to point out that that sometimes uh and uh, I, I don't want to sound like a like, like I'm I'm bagging on that. I, I, I do think that we should continue that. Um I, I do think that we're both <laughs> very much SJWs on this, uh, but but it it doesn't really um I, I don't know that this type of conversation with genre, the genre is uh something that it, it it tends to then erase people who were there. Uh, exactly,
0: know. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you know, but by, by all means the genre deserves a great deal of you know finger wagging, but I think that calling attention to the imbalance itself isn't enough anymore. The goal should be to find and undo you can't really undo, but but to rectify some of these forgotten, you know, yeah. authors. Like like c l more like like mm-hmm. bracket, and you know it's not like they're like forgotten forgotten but but i I would like to see um attention on 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 them um agree because mm-hmm. they there's some terrific stuff out there that just doesn't get read anymore and it just gets overlooked um I read an article recently that actually the way that we got into that 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 discussion with our mutual friend uh was was i was complaining about about an essay that we don't need to, to to get into it um but that claimed basically that you know the hit that that the the reason that space opera uh kind of came back in the mid 2000s is because it started to be about normal people and it started to be uh, about about um, it started to have like, basically like better politics. Whereas space opera has always been a male dominated story about big, strong men in space. And I was like, no, it hasn't. That's just, that's bullshit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's, that's bullshit. Yes. It's true of like a period of space opera, but it ignores like 40 years when that wasn't the case anyway. And,
1: and, and, and the, the, the writer of that essay, uh, Sh- Honestly, from what I've read and heard, um, knows that that I mean, honestly, should know that that's not the case, but you know,
0: anyway, we're uh, we're way off now, we're just we're way off base, we're, we're anyway, just uh, grumbling uh, about stuff at this point.
1: What did you think of the story? Have you, Apart from have that, have what did you think ever, of the story? have you ever noticed that people make essays these days? This is just repeat right now. Um, we're gonna do Andy Rooney again. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so, so. I think that there are moments in this story where it it really sort of snapped for me and it and it starts working. And then there are moments where it it sort of goes back into I don't know sort of like uh I I I I really had a tough time. I do have to say I had a tough time finishing this one in part because there's a lot of it that just feels um i don't know like it it didn't feel urgent um i didn't feel like uh mariko or mari is a very present character in the same way that you know like <sighs> there's a there i so so I, i'm really struggling to To say uh, what I mean, which is, Mariko sounds uh, like a very melancholic character uh, who is busy looking back over uh, her life, rather than getting flashes of these moments in time, uh, (laughs) like drops of rain um, that that she's having. You know, like she's experiencing. You know, like when she you know paint something in using cobalt blue or whatever um there's also a for for a lot of the research that there is i felt like there was a fascinating lack of details regarding what painting itself what mixing your colors is oh
0: man i would love to do something like that with with like supernatural have it like turn out that you know, well, this particular paint uses like a lot of silver, and that f- fucks up like a like a vampire mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, absolutely even, want even, some of that.
1: Even like like so so the thing here is that as you progress, you don't get like a real sense of why these colors really are important. Um, you know, like like I forget where it was. I, I I was watching some movie ages ago, and I was just like just riveted watching this guy using like i think it's egg whites and and dyes to make his own like uh, is it acrylic or, or or oil paint base i forget exactly which type of of i think it's acrylic uh old ass acrylic paintings basically used egg whites <laughs> hmm. as as like a, a binding agent uh uh and i forget what else but but like if i got him to that perhaps. here Um, also like it's, it's weirdly, um, also weirdly, uh, uh, devoid of like, like the weird gossip and cattiness that artistic communities Mm. have with each other. Like there's a little bit of it, but there's not like enough like, oh, you know, Monet still has that bill that he hasn't paid off getting too, too heavy into the absinthe, you know, or, or whatever, you know, I, I don't know much about Monet's personal life, but that would have been interesting, you know, like it, it, artists and drugs. I, I've <laughs> perished the thought, sir. I've never heard of such a thing. Um, and it's, it's just sort of weird. Um,
0: Monet I, for nothing and chicks for free.
1: Oh. Ho, ho. Hey. we're in some dire straits when we're making oh, these types of Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um I think it's it's fine. It's a little sentimental for my taste, but um I think it's 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 okay. It's it's well it's competently written, but it, it didn't really have moments that really popped for me. Mm. Um that's a and, shame. And uh yeah, I, that's the thing. I, I I really wanted to like it, but but I also f- have like um I I always have this this reticence whenever I read, especially in in like sci-fi and fantasy. When I I read about writers that want to write about other types of artistic um, artistic traditions uh i don't know what you would call it uh medium the you know like like it's it's difficult i think and you you're sort of trying to translate something like a painting uh you you can't necessarily translate something that's visual uh that makes you feel something when you look at it so at least give me something about like the process and how it feels to paint
0: yeah. Yeah. I and agree. I, I,
1: yeah. I don't know that I got enough of that here. You know, what's
0: you know, what's a great um, depiction of some of that to Ian. Uh, the, so uh, we're recording this uh, the day after it has been nine years to the day since uh, the great Ian M. Banks uh, sadly passed. Um, and uh, there is uh, a novel by him that um, a lot of people don't don't like it as much as some of the other uh, culture novels um because there isn't really a lot of space combat stuff in it um it's it's mostly just it's 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 called the look to windward um and it's basically like a uh like an intersocial cultural and political drama playing out on uh on a a a vast artificial ring um in space Mm. one of his uh culture uh Orbitals, um, and it it is a uh, one of the things within it. I believe, if I'm mis- not misremembering, is a composer um, who is basically a uh, a uh, political uh, refugee. What's the term for that? Like so- someone who has uh, escaped persecution at the hands of another government, basically. Uh a, a uh, asylum
1: seeker asylum seeker uh, I, yeah yeah
0: yeah exactly yeah yeah thank you yeah yeah he he seeks uh political asylum he's a composer and he's preparing to reveal like his 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 great masterpiece and um I, as i recall it one of the ca- like the one of the, ma- the the main character is basically like um like a a culture special ops slash slash attaché who has been assigned to him to a help him finish uh, the piece and be ensure that he's not assassinated by the religious cults uh, that he pissed off. Um, and it, 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 as I recall, it's been a while since I read it, but it, it, it doesn't necessarily go super deep on the art, but it really did, feels like it did a good job of capturing the the mindset of like a weird obsessive uh, artist. And so uh, that is something that I enjoy a lot as well. And that's an example of one thing that did that that I liked. So. It's sad. Yeah, it's d- disappointing to hear that this, uh, this, this didn't didn't pull that off for you. Because I very much like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and that's the thing. I, 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 I think that it's it's trying to do an interesting thing. It did manage to do it competently, but it didn't really shine for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, and to be fair, like I, I don't think uh that's gonna cause any you know like cause any it shouldn't cause any fur it got onto the nebula ballot it, <laughs> so I mean plenty of people liked it uh so maybe I'm the weirdo. Um in any case I I, I do think that you're right. Like it, it again, uh, give me weird obsessives like um and and this might be the second time that that uh I'm referencing this, but like you know, something like uh the 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 nonfiction book I'm reading right now, where uh, it's called uh, "When We Cease to Understand the World," which is basically like a, a, a collection of stories about. Uh, scientists who are the biggest obsessive weirdos ever. Like there's an (laughs) entire scene where Heisenberg um, basically uh, uh, borrows money so that he can go like he borrows money so that he can sleep like on the street or something like that. uh, You know, until the, the, the conference where he's going to uh, see Schrodinger talk about uh, his mathematical theories regarding the quantum realm. And he, he goes into the, the the conference and then interrupts it and and starts like writing on the board and erasing Schrodinger's formulas. He gets hissed at and booed by the, by the, the audience. Uh, and Schrodinger's trying to, you know, let the, you know, tell the audience to let him, let him speak or whatever. Um, and then gets dragged out by like, like, give me that. See, those are like, a, this is not like, these aren't nice people being polite to each other. Like Heisenberg thought that Schrodinger was was just completely wrong about stuff and he was going to prove it <laughs> in the worst way possible.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a really fascinating read, by the way. I, I need to get around to that. You've mentioned it a few times recently, and I it, uh, it, so- it, it sounds is- really cool.
1: I mean it's it's really wild, and I think it captures what um, what we're talking about, like, give me obsessive weirdos, and, and the the thing here is that generally speaking, if you are that sort of focused on a on a thing, you are going to be an asshole to somebody <laughs> eventually, because you you, know, you you love it so much that you think you are correct, and they are wrong. And that's just the way it is. Now I know that that's not the, you know, that that's not the, the, you know, kindness is now something that is in, in vogue in, not only in real life, which it should be, don't get me wrong, but in stories we can, we don't need so many nice people. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that that rounds out the novelettes that we could really offer an opinion on. Um, one last thing uh perhaps before we go i did want to point out that uh uh kurt i have to say i am a sifwa member i pay dues every year mm-hmm. and uh it is uh, give me a certain feeling Looking at the Ray Bradbury Nebula Award for outstanding dramatic presentation and seeing out of the seven uh, works that were uh, put on the ballot, four of them are from Disney, who has still not paid many of the authors that is currently swindling. There was was
0: one that looked uh, promising that I think is a is it a Korean uh, film or Uh, the Space Sweepers? Yeah, I think it's interesting.
1: I thought that that was the Netflix one. Uh, oh, maybe it is. Wrong. Maybe
0: it is. Oh, you know what? It it may well be. Um, yeah, I, I I I agree with you. Um, it is okay. So like the Nebulas are the Nebulas and the Hugo's are the Hugo's and the Ray Bradbury Nebula Award for Outstanding Dramatic Presentation. By the way, I I think it didn't actually used to officially be a Nebula Award. It was like re. It was like made into one after the fact. Um it tends to just was, be like whatever big popular sci-fi and fantasy ish tv it, and movie came out recently
1: <laughs> yeah more or less more or less i mean it it you it's changed the names a couple times too um i think it it uh for a while was just best script or or screenplay mm-hmm. i i forget i I'd, I'd have to dig around a little bit but like maybe in like uh, 2000 the early 2000s it was still being uh just the the best script or something to that effect um and and yeah it so so to your point kurt yeah the hugos are basically the fans who are able to attend worldcon that that year and the year before if i'm not mistaken um deciding together that you know this is going to be the ballot so i can't really fault them for putting a bunch of disney stuff on there right but this is Sifwa who is currently yes. holding yes. holding a ca- campaign um, uh, about Disney must pay. That I mean, what is going on? Yeah, what? there's
0: there's like a refusal to do. I, uh, oh, okay. There has been the call from from people we know, including you, I think, that mm-hmm. you know they should be more emphatic about. Telling you know, telling members like don't don't work with Disney right now. Fuck them. You know, if if they're screwing people, then we recommend even if it's in like moderated terms. Like we suggest not working mm-hmm. with 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 Disney. Um, they could do they could have you know pointed out they they could have drawn drawn attention to the fact that hey, there's all this Disney stuff nominated. Uh, We should mention Fuck Them or something, you know, and and it just feels kind of feckless having a category that is uh, dominated by Disney productions, including like 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 Encanto, which which didn't have a very good script. It has some decent uh, songwriting in it. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, I I, 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 I will say.
1: um, I will say that that there were a couple of songs that stuck in my head for for a couple of days. I, I have heard, um,
0: I I have seen that movie about eight hundred times due to having kids. Uh, yes, and um, some of the songs are are decent, but but yeah, it's just it's just kind of embarrassing having all that shit. And it's not even like there's so much better stuff out there. What you you know what? Honestly, if there if there is a category that shouldn't be based on on popular uh, nominations, it should be that one. Just get a couple judges and just have them nominate some get get some like people. a jury yeah 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 exactly get get a jury that has you know one American on it and then a bunch of people from different parts of the world who speak different languages. Um, I'm saying this for you, Mario, our our friend uh, who is constantly talking about how <laughs> how um, sci-fi and fantasy awards uh, only really recognize um, English language stuff uh, it, 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 and and expand expand the range of stuff that is that is in this category uh, for voting, because dude, nobody needs dude. nobody needs to be like, oh, yeah, WandaVision one. I should watch. That.
1: Yeah, like Squid Game came out. Yeah, squid, in the, squid the, game the eligibility came out, yeah. year what what the fuck like squid game could have had like a, a, at least an episode on there like there's a, i mean that, that I think that that's the other thing right uh, i think we were both in agreement that sure sure disney has sort of like the biggest reach and the biggest um, sort of like uh output uh, uh, you know, currently of a lot of what we would call sci fi and fantasy, but but there's plenty of stuff out there, you don't need to really, you know, like like nominate them. Why? What, what for? You know, it, it also, it, you know, like it, it, it just d- demonstrates that that even the CIFWA membership, it doesn't really have solidarity with with the, the, the people who are being screwed over by disney you know it's like what what what's going on i don't know anyway have you ever noticed how there's a ballot <laughs> have you ever noticed that podcasts
0: are really long these days it's like those guys just can't stop talking
1: <laughs> anyway yes we should probably stop talking uh soon uh sooner rather than later so uh any last thoughts, Kurt? Uh, now that I've finished, I've gotten my my Disney, <laughs> Disney must pay rant out of the way.
0: Um, I ultimately, in the end, uh, liked a few things that were nominated. Um, the things that I wanted to win didn't win, but it is uh, in contrast to the Hugo's where um, almost I, I, I just felt completely out of step with uh, what was nominated there. And there were at least a few things in the Nebulas that that I enjoyed. Um, I quite liked uh, uh, Just Enough Rain, I thought was quite good. We, we talked about Laughter Among the Trees. That was excellent. Um, I, yeah, there's uh, th- there were a few things that I was like, this is the one that I really like and should win, um, and they didn't. But what I will say is uh, I think the Nebulas are succeeding a lot more than the Hugos at nominating a range of different styles. Um, mm-hmm. in different categories, like the Hugo's felt like it had four s- stories that were all the same, uh, last time in the short fiction yeah. and the novellas were a little bit different, but, but still felt like they were mostly going in, in a particular direction. Um, and I, I don't know if that's because, you know, Sif was, is, you know, it not like kind of mostly doesn't have fans involved and is mostly just like the artists themselves. Um, but whatever it is, they're they seem to be doing a little bit better of a job of capturing the the breadth of what's out there, even if even if I disagree with what winds up uh, actually winning.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I I, I didn't get the feeling that these stories. Um, like even the two uncanny novelettes were, were, were very different. from yeah,
0: Exactly. Each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All, all all I ask for in awards is that there is one option that I'm like, that's the one that should win. That one's pretty good. Even if it doesn't win, I just want to see me represented a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And, and, and you're absolutely right. Like, um, you know, we got a little bit of humor, we got a little bit of uh semi horror in the novelettes uh you know some other stuff as well but but overall, I think that that yeah these do capture a little bit more of rain of the range um and I don't know that it it's as wide a range as I'd like but i I'm not gonna fault it for that that's just you know w- what was chosen this year, so we'll have to see uh for next year. Uh, in any case uh any last thoughts Kurt? Nope, that's or, it. Unless I already asked you if you did, I, and those you were them. You, you, okay. I, I honestly were I,
0: I had my last thoughts about 6 hours ago.
1: <laughs> Damn. All right. <laughs> I've been I've been well,
0: brain brain empty this entire time. Himbo, <laughs> just himbo
1: mode. Just vibing. All right. Well, excellent. Um those were my last thoughts as well, so uh I'm going to uh say thanks again uh thanks for reading these with me uh, kurt uh and, and to manny and chris if you read any of them thank you for that uh y- you were missed um we'll pour one out <laughs> all right so uh thanks again everyone for listening in this has been our nebula's accountability episode thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time here on podside